At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice. And Jesus asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, that they were worse sinners than all the rest of the Galileans? No. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Or those 18 people who died and were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. And then he told them a parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and looked for fruit on it, and he found none. So he said to the gardener, see here. For three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? And he replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, all well and good. But if not, you can cut it down then. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now I have a whole sermon about spreading manure, but you're not going to get that one this morning. Um, it was not long ago, go ahead and show the tower of, this is the tower, that uh, our nation experienced the following of towers. Okay. Um, they fell in New York and the experience or the way we all we probably all have our stories about where we were and how we felt when that happened well apparently there was a tower in Jerusalem that fell and the the people were reacting in a very similar way because apparently anytime something like that happens it, it reminds us of our fragility it reminds us of uncertainty it reminds us that the, that we're not we're not in control of this world and not unlike the tower that fell in Jerusalem um, the sudden trauma and death rattles people at the uncertainty of life. Um, as a result, the churches were full the week after 9-11. I mean, people came, they wanted to grasp something that they thought would ground them. Uh, then, as now, people grasp for meaning and ways to respond. And Jesus, in this instance of this tower, he, he tried to turn their attention away from the, the what's and the why's and the how's and the studying and searching for reasons, <clears throat> find something that went wrong or find somebody to blame. He tries to say, ask instead what you can do in yourself. How can you repent? How can you change? When you feel this way, when you're confronted with the uncertainty and fragility of the world, and ask yourself, how is it, O oh God, that I might change, that I might repent? What can I do to change my life? First United Methodist Church says, come here, because we're all about changing lives. I don't know, I don't know who, who wrote that, but that's, that's really the core of what Jesus is saying. 
In response to what's going on in the world, you ask yourselves, how might my life be changed? How might I be transformed? And in this series of dust to downpour, we're exploring the transforming power of water, grace, in our lives and in the world. So following Jesus is going to require us to be changed. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're not going to stay the same. Following Jesus means opening yourself up to what God is doing in the world, and God has never stopped doing things. God continues to work for the will and the work and the grace and the beauty of God in this world, and those who follow Jesus want to be a part of it. Therefore, we are willing to change to repent, as Jesus said. Otherwise, we're going to be just like those others who perish. Because we perish when we stop growing and changing. You're going to be just like those who perish. Unless you're opening yourself up to the love of God in this world. Now, sometimes, sometimes the love and the grace of God in this world is brought to our attention through traumatic, dramatic, sudden, violent changes. Um, we prob- there are people who have stories that can tell you, oh my gosh, my life got changed in an instant, just like that. Um, that's what the tower falling does. But I would also put before you That God's grace works in your life, sometimes in very slow and gradual ways, that change can be glacial. Let me show you the next picture. This is a picture of a valley that if you were standing in it, you wouldn't know you were in it. But it's only when you back up and you look from a distance that you see the dramatic, epic change that was wrought by frozen ice moving through a mountain, took the top of the mountain off and dug a big, deep gash in it. It's perceptible only when you look back on it. So you can think about God's grace in your life by looking back to where you may have been at one time and how you have gradually been transformed because God's been looking, working on you over time. This idea of opening yourself up to change that you might not perish, this is what Jesus is saying. He doesn't want us to perish. He wants us to be open to the change that God wrought in our lives and in this world. And no matter how it comes to you, are you open to what God is doing? Will you allow the work of grace in your life to transform you dramatically or Gradually. Now, my my daughter Julie hiked the Appalachian Trail some uh, years ago, and one of the uh, trail mates that she made is a is an environmentalist, and he spent the winter this last winter at a weather station in the Smoky Mountains. They had more ice and snow this year. They had record ice and snow in the Smokies, and I was telling him about this dust to downpour Lenten series that I was working on, and. Um, I said, would you, would you do a video for me about the power of ice? Because he was like snowed in for three weeks, but he had a video camera. So would, can we show Seth? This is smoking. Good morning. I'm Seth Orm. 
winter caretaker of the Lacotte Lodge in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. And I'm speaking with you today in front of this frozen waterfall where the power of ice is evident. Ice can freeze a torrent of water, break apart pipes and rocks, and travel and scour the landscape as a glacier. The impact of ice can be seen in the vast polar ice sheets, which have reflected back 80% of the sun's energy through the ages, affecting the environment of our planet. The melting of polar ice can raise the level of oceans. You would have to watch this waterfall for several days of freezing temperatures to watch the water turn to ice. As the water molecules supercool, they begin to cling to surfaces, forming fragile ice disks. It takes repeated cycles of freezing and thawing for ice to break apart rocks. You would have to watch the average glacier for a whole day to see a yard of movement. And it has taken a century for the majority of humankind to accept that changes in the polar ice caps can dramatically alter our lives. Ice, a powerful transforming agent, sometimes observed only in gradual subtle changes, gradual subtle awareness. Ice and grace, God's love and grace is another powerful transforming force which can come to us in gradual, subtle, perceptible ways. Love for the creator, the creation, and each other can call us into lives of stewardship and compassion as we journey towards Easter. Jesus told a parable after he pointed out to folks that God's going to call them to change. And he told this parable about a fig tree. And how the, 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 the owner of the fig tree came and, and, and looked at the fig tree for three years and it wasn't bearing any fruit. He said, cut it down. I'm done with it. And the gardener said, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me tend the soil. Let me put some manure on it. Let's, let's, let's love on it a little bit and see what God might do. And if it doesn't, then, then cut it down. And what we learn about God's love in Christ through this parable is that God's love for us is enough to wait. Not to make a rash decision, not to just say, I, I don't see, I don't like what I'm seeing, that's done, I'm done with it. But enough to wait and to love on it, to see what action we might take to make it fruitful. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't evaluate things or that God doesn't evaluate us. That's what lo Love is judgment. But the love of God is judgment postponed. It's called mercy. So when you see something that isn't the way you want it, the, the gardener says, now, why don't you, uh, whole, whole sermon about manure, but why don't you tend it a little bit? Why don't you love on it a little bit? Why don't you make it and mold it and do what you can? And see if it doesn't become fruitful. It may be that that's the place in the life of the church right now. That it's a time calling us to love on it. To work it. Spread a little manure on it. That God might make fruit. See, God's judgment 
is love. God's mercy is patience. God's not done with us yet. That's the good news of the gospel. We don't have to perish because we are open to the transforming power of God to change us because we're willing to repent, to go one way and turn and go another way. All we need is a little time, like a glacier. Now, I have some Baptist friends who can't stand the Methodists because you, they say, you guys move at a glacial pace. We're just slow-moving people. We're, we're kind of deliberate. But by golly, sometimes when the Methodists, you look back on what they have done in this world. You can't see it until you look back on the big gash it's carved in the, in the earth, in society, in the nation. And this is how, you, how I understand God's presence in my life, and especially my, my life in the church. Now, it is true, though, that sometimes uh, God does move in sudden ways. And yet, uh, this is my favorite thing about metaphors. Um, there are, there are experiences of God and God's grace that are dramatic. They are sudden. They jolt us. Um, show, me, show the picture of that rock. Yeah, this is a rock that ice had a say in. It's not a glacial carved in a mountain over centuries. This happened in an instant. But the way it happened, like being born again, somebody who says, I can tell you the day and the time and the place when I was born again. Or the Apostle Paul says, and the light came down from heaven and my eyes were closed. And I, it was all of a sudden. There, there, are, there are stories people have of how God's grace works like that. Well, ice will do that too. Ice cracked this rock right open in an instant. This is when God's grace creeps into the fissures and the cracks like water. And then it freezes, turns to ice. And ice does have the power to transform in an instant. Um, the most remarkable characteristic of ice is how the molecules in, in water, when they freeze, they themselves transform and they expand. And there is nothing more powerful. I mean, granite, this rock was transformed by, by H2O molecules that themselves transformed and took up double, triple the space that they took up before. But they'd worked their way into this rock and cracked it right in two. There is nothing, no power on earth that the love and the grace of God cannot transform. And that ultimately is what it is that Christians believe about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That there is nothing we need to be afraid of because God is making a change in this world and we're a part of it. Now, <clears throat> there are many people, my wife included, who are very worried about climate change. They, they hear all the evidence. They're scientific people. And they, uh, she, she gets very anxious about it. Human beings have been working a long time like a glacier, changing the ecology of the planet. And now we're hearing that we're going to suddenly experience sea level rise. And oh my gosh, we've got to do something about it. You know, that's a very human way to respond. I would put before you the way Christ calls us is don't be afraid of towers falling on your head. 
That's not the motivation God wants for us. God doesn't want us to take care of the planet because we're afraid that sea level is going to rise. The change that God is calling for in our lives, as it has to do with the environment, is to fall in love with creation. Be the stewards of this beautiful planet of ours. Don't change your behavior because you're afraid. Otherwise, you're going to perish like everybody else. The life that God offers is a life that calls you to transform out of love. Fall in love with this planet. Don't be afraid of the dramatic change. It happens and we respond to it. But more, allow the love of God to transform you over time. And, and as that has to do with the way our behavior uh, changes with the environment, we had Pacham here a couple weeks ago. We fed a bunch of people for two weeks who slept in the church. And I was looking around. You know, uh, one thing that this, we fed those guys well. Uh, and I was talking with the Gibsons about it. But we also produced a mountain of trash. Paper plates and styrofoam and plastic. I mean, mountains of trash. And uh, we talked about next year, what would it be like to try to cut that mountain of trash in half? Or maybe a quarter. And produce less garbage as a congregation. What would it be like if you did that in your own kitchen? What would it be like if we changed our buying habits at the grocery store and didn't buy so many plastic things? You see, these are the subtle changes. These are the, the small changes. And you're not doing it out of fear. You're not doing it out of reactivity. I'm afraid that towers are going to fall on your head. You do it because you fall in love with the beauty of God's creation and what God is doing in this miraculous world and realize that you're a part of it. Same way with the church. As you desire the church to move in the direction that God is going, love on it. Transform it through the transforming of your own behavior. And allow God to work, especially in the cracks and the fissures. Those weak places in the church or in your life. Those places where maybe you're not your best. You know God gets right in there too. Um, my favorite songwriter is Leonard Cohen who wrote Alleluia, Shrek. He also wrote this song about don't be afraid of the cracks because that's where the light gets in. So let God's love enter even those weak, insecure places in your life and do something marvelous and amazing, not out of fear, but because you have fallen in love with what God is doing.